All right, what's up, everybody? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good time, whatever time you're listening to this. Today, actually, Evan just left, and I was trying to figure out the title. Not really sure what the title is going to be called yet, but we're going to talk about having tough conversations and how that's probably one of the hardest skills to develop um, in combination with how to leverage your environment and your community around, once again, to be very aligned with your goals and why these conversations need to be had with the people you live with, the people you work with, and the people you spend time with. Um, because if you don't get all those other people on that journey with you, it is very, very hard and difficult and nearly impossible sometimes to actually be able to do it sustainably by yourself. So let's jump right into it. So what I mean by all of this, and this is something I talk about a lot in fit start assessments. Um, you know, one thing that we kind of have like a I don't know, inside saying joke. I don't know if it's necessarily a joke, but like we're the gym with the most couples, the most uh, roommates, the most whatever in your household, because I'm a big believer that if you want to do anything and obviously just very specific to what we talk about here with your health and your fitness, but this goes for once again, every single goal in life that we have, you have to have all these people on the journey with you and in more alignment for what you want, right? And obviously making it a something that is a middle ground for both, right? And the coolest thing about health for me is like, generally, it's not a super hard thing to convince someone to improve their fitness and get better there or to start eating cleaner or to start managing stress better or to start having better sleep or making more money or having better sex or whatever the goal is with your health, the other people need to be a part of this journey, right? Um, for me, I'm going to use this reference a lot today. I live with my girlfriend and my dog. So these examples that I give you guys from my own personal experience are coming from me and my relationship that I have at home, right? So I think uh, where this kind of actually stemmed was two days ago, I was talking, going through nutrition background on the assessment and I was talking to him about it and he's like, yeah, well, like, you know, like my, my, uh, roommates, they don't really eat that clean. So it's always been really hard for me to a cook at home or be a little bit more consistent with that because naturally it's like I end up eating out more with them or having, you know, those conversations that kind of knock me off track because, you know, food and alcohol and those type of things tend to be very social for people. So understanding that they are a social dynamic to them um, is why it's so hard to be consistent and to be on track with what we're doing. And obviously I'll kind of keep this conversation around nutrition because this is where the idea came from. So my thing was like, well, out of your roommates at home, like how many people, your roommates, your family, your significant other, your kids, um, you know, there's a lot of different avenues that you can go. I actually think the hardest situation is probably going to be children or roommates that you don't have that good of a relationship with, right? Um, you know, I've lived with a lot of roommates in my life and most of my roommates turned out to be pretty good friends and it made it easier um, for me to have those conversations. But that being said, my first roommate that I had, Ken, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. I haven't talked to him actually in a while. Um, we were kind of in different places, right? Like we were just like, I was always doing a lot of competitions at that age. I was always kind of eating a little bit cleaner, doing meal prep. So it wasn't as hard. My buddy Brandon that I lived with was a phenomenal cook and that made it easier. But us, you know, also at that age, like <laughs> I don't think I was, when I wasn't in prep or something for competition, I wasn't eating that clean. I was more focused on kind of just calories overall. But that being said, not to get sidetracked here as always. The first thing you need to do when you go and write out goals for yourself, and we look at the six dimensions as always, the dimension number one is your mindset. It's your approach to this, right? And, um, you know, in the conversation, actually, I had in another assessment today when it came to a stress management aspect of it was 
she was like, well, stress is, it's like, that can't be fixed, right? And that, like, immediately the first thing that pops in my head is like, wow, what a terrible way to look at stress management. Um, there's a lot of things you can do to manage stress, right? Um, so one of many and thousands and millions of examples that all of us give, you know, the power away and the mindset is the thing that you have to be able to kind of take back to have the control and power to change whatever the hell you want in your life, right? So mindset number one, second is community and environment. Community is going to be kind of the people that we're surrounding ourselves by. The environment is going to be the places or things or everything else kind of external around us. Then we look at sleep management, stress management, nutrition, movement, exercise, like everything upstream, right? So when you look at community environment, you have to understand, unless you're someone that has a really, really, really solid mindset, it is hard to be successful with your goal and be consistent with what you're doing and be sustainable in the long run to be able to do it forever, right? Um, I think one of the worst things that you can do is trying to treat something in a in a time frame, right? Like, I'm going to do this for this amount of time to get this many pounds off or whatever, right? And don't get me wrong. It's nice to have some very specific structure goals. I talk about this a lot in the past, but really in the macro, what I mean by this is like trying to find something that you can do forever, right? Like, I want to work out for the rest of my life so I can do whatever the hell I want with my physical body for the rest of my life. And it's just a very good mental outlet for me, right? Um, you know, and all the other aspects of health is kind of the same thing. Like we want to figure out ways to build this in the routine and the lifestyle forever. Uh, I don't want to find a nutrition plan that works for this summer. I want to find a nutrition plan that works for the rest of my life. Um, and the only way that you can do it for the rest of your life is by A, being person number one that can actually have like just such a resilient mindset and insane discipline and be the person that sticks to the plan because your goals matter to you that much or you're obsessed with the process. Now, that being said, most of my content that I push in media from email, podcasts, Instagram, whatever, um, is directed towards getting you guys into a better mindset so you actually can kind of obtain a lot of those things because that obviously is really what's going to separate you from the rest and be really successful. But that being said, I think the realistic aspect is like in order to make it very conducive so it's easier to sustain those goals and those habits that you're trying to build for yourself. Um, Atomic Habits is actually going to be the book I'm going to do the first reread on. And I love this book. It's probably top. It's probably my either my favorite or top three. Like it's up there. And, um, you know, one of the things that he talks about with breaking habits or creating good habits and so on is like we need to make these habits easier to stay in the habit of doing, right? If we make them very, very difficult, it's harder to sustain. Now, that being said, in reverse, if I want to break a bad habit, I need to make that habit really, really hard to actually keep going. So, for example, if I wanted to stop drinking wine, instead of buying six bottles for the week or whatever we're buying for like enough for a week, well, for us, it's probably six bottles, <laughs> scary as that sounds, um, I don't buy any wine at the grocery store. So this way, when I go home, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm ready for a glass of wine. And I'm like, oh, shit, we don't have any wine here. So, well, I can either make – I can go to the grocery store and just go buy one, which requires me getting out of uh, – you know, finishing getting out of the shower, starting to prep work, and realizing that, being like, damn it. Now, okay, maybe maybe I'm, I don't want to do that today. I'll skip that, right? So if I make it hard, it's easier to actually kind of remove some of those bad habits. Um, obviously, it hasn't worked that well for me in wine, so – Maybe don't take my advice there. But that being said, so when we look at community environment, like we really want to say like, okay, well, what are these things that we need to do to make sure that they're aligned for what we want, but also what's in the best interest of everybody kind of maybe in our surroundings, right? Um, you know, something I've said a lot, and especially during the pandemic, I was saying this is a lot of people are trying to fix the world when in reality, the first step to fixing anything is addressing the problem yourself with what you have. 
is a current issue. Then second step is then addressing your household, which could be your family, which could be your roommates, which could be your significant other, whatever. Um, then once you accomplish those two steps, you then go tell the world to convince them otherwise of your thought process or et cetera, right? Uh, most people never make it past step one, which is why I think most of the world is backwards because everyone's trying to blame each other for shit that they haven't fixed either. So I want to just make up a situation here. You're someone that wants to lose weight. You're someone that wants to eat healthier and have a better relationship with food. You're someone that wants to get in the habit of cooking more at home. You're someone that wants to get in the habit of maybe working out three or four times a week minimum. You're someone that's in the habit of wants to like start taking walks after meals. In order for you to accomplish this, you need to address the people that you live with because I will give you guys experience from my side on how I go both ways. When I'm home alone, when Nikki's gone, I tend to slack a little bit on my diet. I'm like, uh, you know, I don't really need to cook for just myself. Maybe I'll just order takeout tonight, right? Uh, when I was by myself and single, I was definitely doing that more often than not. Now, when I'm with my girlfriend, just because she has a really high standard for herself too, we can hold each other accountable to it. So when I go, eh, I don't really feel like cooking, and she's like, well, I already prepped. I'm like, okay, fuck it, I'll cook. Or vice versa. She's like, oh, I want to order out. And I'm like, nah, like I'd rather have like a good home-cooked meal. So having that system where you guys can go back and forth of holding each other accountable to the standard that you guys have set for the household makes it a lot easier to actually be consistent with those habits you're trying to build on, right? And this is why I, you know, will stay in business forever because people need that as trainers to get you to the gym, to do the right form. Like we're a form of accountability for you guys as clients, right? And that happens in all aspects of coaching, right? It doesn't matter if it's business or therapy or nutrition or training. Like we need the structure and we need the accountability. But how to build systems that give you accountability, it's a, it's a lot easier said than done. Let's put it that way. So Anytime that you guys go trying to take a next step with your health, whatever goal, like I said, have a conversation where you have a sit down dinner with everybody and be like, hey, I want to, and you can present it like a challenge if you need to in the beginning, because I think challenges are really like a nice psychological hack to get people to do something because it doesn't feel like it's going to be forever. Um, but the end goal, hopefully of that challenge is to be able to adopt majority of all of those habits that you're trying to create. So you can keep some of that momentum going, right? So I've always kind of been flip-flop on challenges. I don't like the mindset of short-term, but I do like the idea of it being short-term so it gets enough people to be convinced of taking step one. Then the exit strategy from the challenge needs to be, well, how do I actually make this sustainable for you? So having that conversation for whatever you want in your life um, is priority number one, if not two, depending on how we're looking at dimensions, right? So... When we look at all this, those are the things we really want to pay attention to. Now, the last part which I want to talk about is like the ability to have tough conversations. One thing that I've realized more so probably in these – well, since I've opened up the business for sure, but really in the last couple of years is like how important it is in our lives to actually have very, very difficult conversation. But then realizing that like how uncomfortable those conversations are, right? I used to think as a young guy and a young kid that like – being hard, quote unquote, was having a lot of muscle, having tattoos, or having a lot of money, or driving the cool cars, or whatever it is, like the quote unquote tough guy. I think that's a lot of the stigma in males for sure. Um, what I realized is like I know a lot of people that are strong. I know a lot of people that are rich. I know a lot of people that are very successful in other areas of life um, that are weak with having conversations with themselves and with people around them. 
like they they feel uncomfortable right and that's one thing that i had to learn really really fast obviously as an employer is because i needed to do those things so it was very different for me right like i was just like i was forced into those situations if i was never a business owner to be honest with you like i would still probably struggle with it and that being said i still am not comfortable with it when i have team meetings or i have one-on-one meetings i have to crack down on somebody i'm like i don't like the feeling of that so the ability to have tough conversations is also another skill set that I think is required to in order to even have the initial conversation to address your community and your environment. Um, and that just starts with being more transparent with yourself, right? Like number one, I always say like never lie to yourself so this way you don't lie to other people. Like if you're someone that naturally just kind of lies to yourself or lets yourself down or says, hey, I'm going to get something done by this date and doesn't follow through, you're already showing a lot of weakness to yourself. So it makes it easier just never to present it to other people. So step one is making sure that you can really address it with yourself first, but with all the standards that you have in place. Are you holding yourself to a high standard? Are you making your commitments? Are you following through on all these promises? Um, and then the conversations that you need to have with yourself require you having time that, to be alone with your own thoughts and be able to answer some of the things of why do I feel this way and addressing those thoughts. But then most importantly is like you need to have the conversation with the significant other or the roommates or the family and a lot of those conversations aren't really comfortable. Um, like for me, one of the things that in my relationship that we're really trying to kind of accountable with each other on is like we don't like each other being on the phones, right? Like I'm like, there's no need to be on the phone when you're with me. Um, and then that being said, on the other end of it, I told my girlfriend that I'm like, I'm really trying to make Instagram and media like a big focus and a big part of my business. So I will be more on it because she doesn't like, you know, originally when I was just posting just to be like, hey, look at me. Like now it's more of like learn from me what I've done. I try to make it more of an education platform. That's kind of where I switch my my narrative to with media on that aspect because um, then it's much easier to kind of just feel that I'm treating it as a business thing versus a waste of time. Um, but that being said, it's kind of, it's funny because it's kind of counterintuitive. Like I'm telling my girlfriend, like, okay, well, we don't want to be on each other's phones when we're around each other, which we still try not to. But also on the other end, like it's going to require me being on my phone a little bit more. Um, and as much as I don't want to be on my phone ever around you, like it will be something that I need to post or I need to respond back to somebody and it doesn't matter if it's an email or an instagram thing like being on your phone is being on your phone well that's a conversation i had i had with her so she understands that and supports it and also when you have these conversations it takes time for both parties to adjust you're trying to create a better habit or a new habit and that person's trying to adopt to that habit um most people around you that are close to you that your loved ones are they will always be supportive but being supportive doesn't mean it's easy to adjust to um, that still requires effort on both ends, right? So the way that I always like to look at it is when you have these conversations with people around you, it doesn't matter if it's people at work or at home or wherever you're spending a lot of your time on, try to find something that works well for both people. At the end of the day, be a little bit more selfish than selfless because you can at least, like my famous saying, can't pour from an empty cup, you can at least satisfy more of what you need, which makes you a happier being. Um, but always try to find the middle ground for what works best for both, right? Like let's meet in the middle here. And most of the time, the coolest thing about it is a lot of goals that people have set out for themselves are also goals that other people do too. They just choose not to act on it or they feel like they've never had the motivation for it. They're not accountable to it. They don't have the structure for it. They don't have the knowledge for it. Um, or they're just inherently lazy to those things. Um, and we all are like, they're not any different than we are. Maybe we're just someone that has the initiative and the proactiveness to bring the conversation to either ourself as a goal set or to the table for everyone else at home. 
So I want to keep this one short. I hope this helps you guys as always. So whatever goal you have set in place, understand that it's going to require having a conversation. Not all conversations are very easy to have. So having tough conversation requires practice. Um, it will forever be a part of your life. And the better you can get at having tougher conversations, the harder you will be in life because you will be very resilient to that uncomfortable feeling. But being transparent is one of the best ways to stay in alignment for what you need in your life to be happy. In order for you to be happy, this is something you will need to do a lot in your life. Um, because if not, you're going to be living other people's life. And you're going to be very passive. You're going to become passive aggressive. And it's just this domino effect in the wrong direction, right? All right, guys. As always, hope you enjoyed this one. A little short bit that we bring weekly to you guys. And if there's anybody that you feel can benefit from hearing this stuff and any of the content that we send you guys, share it with other people, right? That's really what gets the message across. This is what I do it for. I don't get paid to do these things. I do it because I really want to help people to be more empowered and educated to take better control of their life and their health. As always, take care. Have a good weekend.